the giant thinkers giant thinkers podcast hey guys welcome to the show I'm Ram Castillo, and in this podcast, I'm bringing to you top experts from various industries worldwide to learn from their success and to help us become better designers, creatives, and giant thinkers. G'day to all you beautiful listeners tuning in right now. Ram Castillo in the house. We are about to get stuck into episode number 13. Now, I'm actually quite worried that the information on this episode from our guest is so brilliant that you'll use it in the wrong way, but I'll give you the benefit of the doubt and hope you use these powers for good as I introduce to you another female guest. She is a behavioral investigator, published author by Penguin, public speaker and body language trainer specializing in science-based people skills. She's a Huffington Post columnist, and her groundbreaking work has been featured on NPR, The Wall Street Journal, The Today Show, and USA Today, and has written for CNN, Fast Company, and Forbes. She's also the founder of The Science of People, which is a human behavior research lab, where they basically demonstrate how people work, from the science of attraction, human lie detection, body language hacks, the psychology of jealousy, the secrets of persuasion, and much more. Really interesting stuff. So before we dive into the show, I must mention that this episode was sponsored by Creative Live. You all know that sponsors help podcasts like this exist, but not only that, I personally bring on sponsors of products and services that I actually recommend and advocate. Creative Live is the world's largest and most inspiring online learning platform that broadcasts live classes to an international audience. That's right, watch classes by expert instructors in real time, and then if you miss it, they are then archived for purchase. They've got a super sweet holiday sale on right now where discounts are across the entire website. Some classes are up to 40% off. Now, This is seriously the time to learn and upskill on your creative and business skills. So if you head to creativelive.com, these discounts are only available for a limited time. That's creativelive.com. Check it out. You will not be disappointed. All right. So back to the drum roll. On this episode, our guest describes herself as a recovering, boring person, (laughs) and now her goal is to teach all of us, how to be the most memorable person in the room. This is going to be a flippin' fantastically phenomenal episode. I present the human puzzle-solving Jedi, Vanessa Van Edwards. Vanessa Van Edwards, thank you for coming on to the Giant Thinkers podcast. It's, it's so great to have you on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I um, actually uh, am quite excited about this one. I must say, you know, uh, speaking to someone uh, such as yourself that kind of investigates and and really dives into behavioral and body language uh, expertise is uh, really exciting for me. Well, we will geek out <laughs> together. I'm excited too. <laughs> Un- unreal. Thank you. I um, have a f- icebreaker question for you uh, sure. real quick. So, I ask this for all my guests. Uh, Your one is, if you were to throw a themed dress-up party, what would the theme be? 
Well, I love themed parties and I love dress up parties even more. Oh, so uh, that, that's like a really good question. I think that it would be for people to dress up as their secret superhero. Nice. So not necessarily like Superman or Batman. It should be like a secret person, <laughs> someone who you just really admire. Maybe you have a business crush on them or a, a friend crush on them. Oh, that's good. I like that one. Who would yours be? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, mine would probably be, uh, you know what? I'm I love uh, reading uh, a lot of books, so I don't know. You know, like they're, they're probably an author of some sort. Maybe an author. Yeah. Yeah, and but I, like I, no one would know who that would be though. <laughs> but see, like that's what's kind of cool about it. Is I feel like you dress up as this person, you embody them, and then you get to have these conversations where someone's like, right. Oh, who are you? And you can be like, oh, this great author that I love. I would, mine's a little bit more recognizable. I think I would dress up as Lucille Ball. Yeah, I don't nice. Know. Yeah. Because yeah. she's, she's like that. She just was like a fiery entrepreneur. <laughs> she was hilarious. She was, took so many risks. So anyway, I would, I would love That's to see. That's very cool. Secret, yeah. Secret I like deck. that. I might just steal that idea for my next party. <laughs> okay. Do um, so uh, can you just uh, tell us a little bit about your childhood and how you grew up? Yeah. So I, um, grew up and I was very socially awkward all the way Hmm. from childhood through college, even a little bit now. I don't know if you can hear it. Um, and I think uh, we all were to some degree. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was like the kid who, you know, was terrified of recess. So I would beg my teachers to let me, you know, clean the chalkboard instead of having to go out in the playground. Um, and so really it was, all about like the books, the technical skills. And then when I was in college, I realized I was really behind on my people skills and I had to start catching up. And that's sort of what started me on this path of realizing that people skills might be just as important, if not more important than technical skills. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so we are now diving into your expertise. What, where would you say your expertise lies if you had to describe it? I would say it's finding and solving puzzles. So I love to look for anomalies, things that are, uh, don't seem to make sense on the surface. Um, and then try to figure out how can I test it and how can I find the answer to that? That's, I think if I had to pick an expertise, it would be that. Cause my, I don't even actually think that my expertise is necessarily people because I've had to learn all of it. it. None of it has come naturally to me. And so I don't even know if you can be an expert in people. It's really about wanting to figure them out. I think that's more where my Mm. expertise lies. That's definitely a good way of putting it. Um, So uh, as I mentioned earlier to you, uh, the audience is mostly uh, a mix of emerging and established designers and creatives. Uh, So we're going to chat about specific scenarios uh, because uh, I, uh, this is going to be a shorter uh, podcast. I've only uh, scrambling for your time. You've only got about 20 minutes with you. So look, there are five key scenarios that I've kind of structured together that I'd love for us to talk about. Um, they all fall under the umbrella of utilizing our body uh, and our body language consciously as a form of communicating you know, powerfully and, and confidently. So the first is meeting someone randomly. Um, yeah. For instance, you know, we might be waiting in line at a cafe or a bus stop or even a grocery store. Is there any tips when opening a conversation to a, to a stranger? Yeah. So whenever you're meeting a stranger, the very first thing that our brains do, all humans do this, is all they're trying to decide is, is this person friend or foe? That's kind of what the brain is doing. It's like friend or foe, 
is this person someone that I can trust? That's the very first thing that's happening in our brains when we meet a stranger. And so the best thing you can do is immediately and very quickly send off friend signs. And luckily that happens non-verbally. Um, the, the friend body language is um, very specific. So first, open torso. Um, anytime that we align our torsos with someone else, we feel like we're on the same page as them. Second is actually our toes pointed at them. So it's called fronting when our toes, our torso and our head is in completely parallel line with their toes, torso and head. That is a very quick way to say, I am on the same page as you. I am open to you. It's like a nonverbal sign of respect. Um, and the last, and the last one is, um, expressiveness using our hands, using our face, having emotionality in our voice. Not only that gives us authenticity, but it also um, sort of captivates the imagination so that we go, ah, this person is open. They're emotional. They're human. I would like this person in my life. And so right away, those are sort of the three things that you'd want to focus on. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so when you say open torso, do you mean sort of, um, you know, front on, or do you mean sort of like, uh, sort of, turned, slightly turned torso. I actually mean like front on and front specifically on. not having anything in, in blocking you. So not, sure. not crossing your arms, not holding your laptop or papers in front of you open, meaning there's no barriers between you and them. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. And you know what, the reason why I ask this is because, you know, a lot of, uh, the success of, uh, whether you're a designer or any career is, is networking as we know. And a lot of those times, you know, for me personally, I've stumbled across uh, interacting with people who uh, are not necessarily an opportunity at first, but later on, because I have opened the conversation, they've either led me to an opportunity or have been a direct potential client, for example. Yes. Yes. I totally agree with that. And I think that that's actually the best way to meet someone because mm. we, we can feel, I, I don't know if it's a smell or if it's a taste, but we can feel when someone's trying to hook us. Right. You know, and, and by hook, I, I don't mean get in our good graces. I don't mean like us. I, I, I don't mean no. I mean like literally try to get our business, try to get money out of our pockets. Right. Um, and so I think that the best kind of friend, you know, friend to friend interactions we get is when someone's just trying to be likable um, exactly. and trying to have that mutual uh, attraction towards the other person. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, you, you know, you and I have been on Creative Live and, you know, I actually tap on a little bit about, uh, you know, opening conversations um, uh, in, in that way. And, you know, there is a sense of um, situation, uh, situational advantage, I guess, that you could kind of leverage, wh whether it's, uh, oh, hey, look, uh, you, you've got the, the same uh, shirt that I have. You know, I got that from a vintage store in such and such or, you know. Yeah or whatever it might be, or has, has the uh, coffee in this place? It's my first time here. I'm just traveling, you know, or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. Situational one-liners are great. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any, any favorites that you might have? Well, actually the research says, um, that the best, the very, very best, and maybe I, I think that we were going to talk about networking events. This is actually, I think one of the best tips I can give for kind of networking events, conferences is don't overthink that opening line. The research mm. says that the very best pickup line can you guess what it is? Is hello. <laughs> oh, yes, you're, you're, oh, you're almost there. Am it's I? hello, how are you? Hello, how are you? Oof, okay. So Great. just, just that. <laughs> I mean, and that, and that sounds like very simple, but actually, if you think about it, humans love reciprocity. So if someone comes up to you and they just say, Hey, how are you? And put out their hand, 
out of reciprocity, you say, oh, hey, how are you? And you're showing them those like cues, those friend, not foe moves. You're in. That's the conversation. Yeah. You already opened it. You you got it going. And you know what? The, the only reason why I've responded with such simplicity is because, A, that's what I have come to learn from my many mistakes, um, <laughs> you know, of my own personal journey of learning about uh, people's skills. Um, and also, um, you know, it is the one thing that if you don't actually say the word hello, uh, the one thing that uh, actually hinders any opportunity from happening. It's such a simple thing, isn't it? It's just... Yeah, it really is. It, I love that it's so simple because it's so easy to do, right? And it also takes the pressure off of us to have to come up with some clever one-liner. Yeah. Okay. So let's switch this around. I was going to get into networking uh, on my third... Uh, uh, sort of uh, structure here, but uh, let's dive into that. So when you're at a networking event or conference, are there any do's and don'ts that you suggest? So, yeah. So I think that um, what you really want to do is when you're talking about getting people talking. So first of all, don't, don't worry about your one-liner. Use that. Hello. How are you? Um, and second, just if you can let them impress you, that's far better than you trying to impress them. So, so many times at networking events or conferences where and I've, I've even had this before where someone will literally list their accolades to me oh, no. and it's really weird thing. I mean, it's, it's like they're reading their resume and I know that they're doing it because of anxiety. I know that they're doing it because they want to be taken seriously. They want to be impressive, but it actually has the complete opposite effect. If that's ever happened to you, I, I wonder if you can agree where yeah, totally. someone starts name dropping and mentioning this and what the, you're like, okay. And it would have, it would have been so much better had they not said that. And so the, actually the best way to be impressive is actually get them trying to talk about their accolades in a natural way. That's actually a much easier thing to do. And they will remember you more fondly. Plus you learn more. Yeah. I mean, so simple. So really asking them questions that trigger that. Asking like I, I, when I'm talking to someone in a conference or kind of business situation, literally all of my questions are geared towards how can I get them to tell me something really cool about themselves? Hmm. Something that they're really proud of. And if you keep that front of mind, it makes your questions really easy. You don't have many awkward silences because that's your intention. Your intention is to help them impress you. Yeah. I mean, one of the the great examples that uh, I've taken from your videos actually on YouTube um, is uh, the question about, so what what uh, what type of passion projects or, yeah. or, or anything like that are you doing at the moment? Uh, you know, it's, it's a question that I, th I think... Uh, sort of speaks to, you know, what their interests are without kind of them needing to beat their chest, you know, too much about it. <laughs> yeah. And that's, my, that's exactly one of my favorite questions. That's my, one of my favorite conversation starters. We actually, I have about 30 conversation starters that I really like that are all kind of geared in that general direction. So if you need other help, if, if you need other ones, you can always look up those too. <laughs> yeah. Unreal. Okay. So the next area, the third area I'd like to ask you about is advice on social gatherings or a group setting. So obviously, you know, there is a connection there with mutual friends or people potentially. Uh, is there any practical advice here? Yeah. Um, I think that the, the hardest thing that we hear when it comes to people skills is that you should be on all the time mm. is that you should always be magnetic and charismatic and impressive and all these things. And that's just not possible. Um, there are, everyone has certain situations where they thrive and certain situations where they survive. And so when we're talking about social settings, that's actually a very broad definition. I mean, that could be a one-to-one right. -one best friend meeting. That could be a concert. That could be a nightclub. That could be a barbecue, a pool party, a picnic. I mean, there's so many different things and it's actually okay 
not only okay, but expected that not all of those situations are going to get you excited. Mm. And so I think that the first time I realized that I had permission to stick to the places where I felt comfortable and not try to make myself comfortable in other situations, that was like a huge relief where I, my way of interacting with people is by asking deep questions, having, you know, really personal, interesting, intricate conversations. Um, that's just my, my brand of charisma. Everyone has a different brand of charisma. Everyone, Mm -hmm. like there are certain people who are the life of the party and they're dancing and they're getting drinks and they're kind of these butterflies around the room. And there's other people who are this beautiful, strong, quiet presence where they're listeners and their brand of charisma is listening and soaking up the people around them and, and being really, really present. And we all have different forms of that. And so for me, nightclubs, really loud bars, Hmm. concerts. Oh my goodness. I feel like I'm just, my soul is dying inside. (laughs) I, 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 you know, I can't talk to anyone. I'm yelling over the music. I am so uncomfortable. I really like want to crawl into my, like into my body and like disappear. And I'll hide in the bathroom. That's usually what I thought. I thought you were the one on the, you know, on the table, you know, just waving your hands in the air. Oh yeah. Yeah, (laughs) totally. In fact, I, I would rather do that at a private, a smaller party <laughs> and at a, at a huge one, because that's just, you know, th- that doesn't come naturally to me. And so when I finally said to myself, you know what, I'm going to stop going to those. Mm. I don't like it. I ruin it for everyone else. Like I go <laughs> and I'm like the Debbie Downer. Who's like, I can't hear anything. Right. My like, what's wrong hurt. with you, Vanessa? Yeah, what, yeah. You know, like, what are you down about? If I'm not having a good time and they're not having a good time. Like, why do I go? I'd much rather say to my friends, like, you know, and this happened recently where one of my friends was going to this nightclub. And she's like, yeah, we're meeting at the club at 10, 15. And I'm like, my bedtime is 10 o'clock. <laughs> so like me trying to go out and wait in line at your nightclub. Like, I was like, look, Sure. I want to take you out for brunch. I was like, let's go out for brunch. Let's have a really good time and have pancakes and eggs. And we had a way better time. And so I think that it's about actually putting yourself in the right social situations where you are your best self. Yeah. That's actually the best thing that you can do in any of those situations. Yeah. So look, so many great things from, from that, uh, you know, uh, advice there. Uh, thing that I got was the uh, awareness of uh, yourself um, and where you thrive, as you mentioned, and and uh, playing to your strengths, I guess. So that's really cool. I think that's really important, especially for uh, any of the youngsters listening uh, and uh, those that are maybe just not too comfortable about where can they even start at a networking event. Um, you know, does it have to be really formal? Does it have to be, yeah. uh, sorry, at a social gathering rather? Um you know, what type of social gathering. So I'm glad that you pointed that out. Um, permission, full permission. Yeah. Unreal. So <laughs> the, um, the fourth is an interview scenario. What is, well, first of all, what is your first take on, on the first impression? And then following on from that, what are some simple things to remember when, when being asked a question and when answering a question, uh, what should we train our, our bodies and facial expressions to do? Actually, if I had one piece of advice for the interview situation, it would be, you know, to not even focus as much on how you answer questions or what you're doing during the interview. It actually is all the first impression and research backs that up. Mm -hmm. Um, Research from Harvard Business School found that they actually devised this really clever experiment where they took uh, job applicants and they split them up into two different groups. Both of them had the exact same um, 
prompt. And they went into a room and they had to prepare a speech for a panel of judges. And these judges were like job evaluators. They ranked the uh, person on overall performance, hireability, and presence which are really the things that when you're being hired, no matter what your job is, they're looking at those three things specifically beyond your technical capabilities. Mm. So they had these two groups split into different uh, rooms. And in one group, they had them just prepare for the prompt, go in and give a 20-minute presentation. And the second group, they had the exact same prompt with the exact same people in the exact same room, but they were taught power posing, which is a way of standing very broadly, which I'll talk about in a second. And they found that the the speakers that had that power body language ranked higher in every single area. So not just presence, but also hireability and overall performance. Again, the prompt was exactly the same. The evaluators were exactly the same. So what this says is that when we first walk into a room looking like a winner, and when I say a winner, I mean, when athletes win a race, what do they do? They take up as much space as possible. They fist pump. They have their hands up to the sky. Mm. They take up a lot of space. Whereas losers, when they lose a race, they crumple their body in, they grip their hands into fists. They usually have a pained expression on their face. And so when someone comes out to the waiting room to get you, or you walk into a room with a bunch of job evaluators or one job evaluator, you want to look more like a winner. You want to make sure that you're not sitting there checking your phone in the corner, because Mm. that is more like a defeated position. You want to have your shoulders down and back. You want to have your chest and your chin, your forehead pointed up and or out. And you want to have that nice space between your limbs. So space between your arms and your torso and space between your legs. So they're standing hip width apart. That signals right away to the person that you're meeting with that you look more like a winner. Hmm. That's really cool. I think you've articulated that so brilliantly. Um, uh, you know, especially since the thing that goes through people's heads, especially, you know, even as far as the night before or two nights before is they're freaking out, you know, they they get so, um, and and, you know, I've, I've been through, through that, uh, myself, um, you you know, way back when, but I think, um, for me, what it came down to is look, it's not an interrogation They actually want to get to know you. Um, they're inviting you over there. And, and, uh, the other thing about, uh, which you covered uh, already about the body language, but the other thing as well is just thinking that, uh, that shifting that mindset from, oh no, this could be my potential employer, the boss man to, you know, speaking to someone, uh, that you haven't spoken to in a long time, like a long time friend or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's all well and good to, to kind of go, okay, look, don't cross your arms. Um, (laughs) don't, don't look at, uh, you know, other things just be, you know, I think there's that whole mindset thing. Can you add anything about the mindset potentially to help shake those nerves? Well, remember that they want you to succeed. Like anyone who's hiring, they desperately want someone for this position. And they want that to be you because they've already set aside time to look at your resume and bring you into the office or call you on the phone. And so they are actually on your side, maybe even more than you are because they really want it to work with you, right? They want to do one, just this should be their last interview. So if you think about it that way, that they're actually on your side and they want you to succeed as much as you do, if not more, that's a much better way of looking at it in terms of mindset. Yeah, completely agree. That's awesome. Uh, So the fifth area and the final area I want to chat to you about is presenting to clients face-to-face. How can we be more persuasive without being too pushy or, you know, if they get a bit antsy and and dismissive and difficult, how should we respond to that? Yeah. So I think this goes for any situation, but especially when you're talking to potential clients is it's a concept that I call the like radar. 
Um, so there's something that we have as humans, it's called the similarity attraction effect. And I know that popular culture says opposites attract. Actually, science says the opposite, that uh, similar people attract. Um, and this is especially true in business, where the more similar we are to someone in every way, uh, values, looks, taste, culture, the more that we feel akin to them, the more we feel like we want to buy from them, the more we feel like we trust them. And so what I like to do is instead of necessarily focus on focusing on selling or informing a client, what you actually want to do is highlight as many similarities as you possibly can. And I call this your like radar. So you're constantly looking for things to say, that's me too. I'm like you. That's mm. constantly what you should be on the lookout for. Because if you're like them, they're much more likely to feel at ease with you and to then want to connect with you. And that's Anyway, I mean, that's buying from you, that's hiring from you, that's being a partner with you. And so when you're with people, the best way that you can do rapport is by asking questions that not only are going to get them to impress you, but then for you to say, wow, you grew up there, I grew up hmm. there too. You like that? I love that too. You love green? I love green too. Now, you don't want to ever do this in a fake way. You're looking for genuine things that you both like. <laughs> yeah. But that is going to help tremendously with that, um, that affiliation. Yeah, very cool. I, I think also uh, on top of that um, is the to doing your homework, which kind of wraps into all of that. Yeah. Uh, being able to ask those types of questions would have to mean, yep, you know what, you got to do a bit of research on them potentially. Yeah, because then you have a whole bunch, you have a whole arsenal of, wow, you grew up here, your kid goes here, right. you like this, you do this. Yeah, it's a whole arsenal ready for it. Yeah, I love that strategy. And and it's not a strategy that's kind of, you know, in terms of manipulation, but I think it's important to kind of, you know, do your research into who you're communicating with and trying to find those gems, as you said, um, that you can connect with. Um, now, a few more questions before we wrap up really quick. Uh, what are your thoughts on clothing and grooming? Uh, be comfortable. Be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, because I was doing an interview with someone. She was making all these weird facial expressions and I, I liked her answers. I liked her, but gosh, she was setting off all these red flags. Turns out that she was wearing her roommate's shoes that were a size <laughs> too small and they were pinching her toes. Right. Um, so in a weird way, I know that sounds obvious, but don't buy a suit and wear it the first day on your interview. Sure. You know, don't wear, don't only have a pair of job heels that look really good, but are really painful because that all comes across that leaks out. Yeah. Great tip there. Love that. Um, now if you could travel back in time for 30 seconds and speak to junior Vanessa, perhaps the Vanessa finishing high school, what would you tell her? <laughs> Easy party more. <laughs> I took myself way, way too seriously. It would, would, I should have been having fun. I should not have been in the books so much. Sure. Okay, cool. So what is next for you and the Human Behavior Research Lab? As we know, uh, or for those of you that don't know, it's uh, thescienceofpeople.com. Uh, what, what can we look forward to? Yes. Yeah, so we are doing a whole bunch of new experiments in our lab. We love, come and play with us. We love uh, trying to solve you or solve your personality. We're doing a big research experiment on the science of happiness. So we're looking at, you know, the puzzle is everyone says they want to be happier. Uh, but very few people know exactly how to do that. And so the question is why? Uh, that's so cool. I'm really looking forward to that. So are you releasing sort of data on that? Yeah, we're going to be releasing data on it. And also we're, we have a happiness audit on our, our website right now that basically people help us figure, we assess their happiness levels. So it's like a free quiz on really how happy are you? And then we look at all the data to see what patterns are. Unreal. Yeah. I was just about to say, have you got any uh, links that we can go to or, and, and of course, what's the best way that listeners can get in touch with you online? 
Yes. So uh, scienceofpeople.com and there's a little tab that's called play. That's our, that's our lab. Um, And if you want to take the happiness audit, it's scienceofpeople.com slash audit. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Vanessa. I know you got to run and uh, it's been such uh, awesome having you on the Giant Thinkers podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and advice. There's a saying that your candle loses nothing when it lights another and you're definitely a genuine example of that. Uh, I'm grateful to have you on and I'm sure the listeners are too. Thank you so much for having me. It was super fun. Unreal. Thanks, Vanessa. Thank you so much for hanging out with me here on the Giant Thinkers podcast. I hope you enjoyed that one with Vanessa Van Edwards. I appreciate you listening to another episode. It really does mean the world to me. Next up on episode number 14, I'm bringing to a young chap who was born in 1994, meaning yes, he's 21 years old. But don't be fooled, this guy is a marketing and entrepreneurial whiz. His recent book has quickly climbed to the number one bestseller spot in the marketing category on Amazon globally. Plus, he's an advisor and consultant to over 50 brands. That is going to be a cracker of an episode. Uh, Quick mention that this episode was sponsored by our friends at Creative Live. They currently have an up to 40% off site-wide sale. So head to creativelive.com to grab a quality class or two at a massively discounted rate. Creative Live hosts online classes taught by the world's most inspiring instructors. Uh, I would suggest that you at least have a sticky beak at creativelive.com where you may just find the perfect class to upskill and learn from during your end of year downtime. I'd also like to request two things from you. The first is to subscribe to the giantthinkers.com mailing list. Now, it's important you do this because I've got plenty of news for all of you that I'm certain would benefit Uh, where you are now and where you aim to be. I'm going going to be rolling all this out over the next uh, couple months and into uh, 2016. So um, head to giantthinkers.com and sign up for the mailing list. And secondly, to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button specifically on iTunes, uh, even if you listen to it on other podcasting uh, apps. Uh, This helps the rankings dramatically and means that I can keep the show going as well as reviews. So if you do leave an iTunes review, take a screen grab of it, tweet it to me or post it on Instagram, tag me or mention me. My handle is thegiantthinker and I'd love to thank you in person via a Skype call or Google Hangout. Until next time, Giants, I'm Ram Castillo and remember... Demand more from yourself than anyone else. 